Welcome to Woke and Confused, the podcast delving into the environmental dilemmas of our time. From palm oil to plastics, climate change to behaviour change, doing the right thing can be a complete minefield. We're on this journey with you and we'll be exploring some of the day-to-day challenges we face and the decisions we struggle to make. We're your hosts, Livy Drake and Jessica Farrow, and we're Woke and Confused. Coming up in today's episode, we explore how to cope with eco-anxiety and what mass lobbying is all about. So Jess, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm struggling today, Livy, not going to lie. Oh, what with? What's going on? Well, yesterday I read uh, Jem Bendel's paper, Deep Adaptation. Oh, I've been psyching myself up for it. I haven't got there yet. (laughs) Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't heard of this paper, it's um it's written by an academic called Jem Bendel. Um he's worked in sustainability for a long time and he basically looks at a lot of the climate science and he comes to a rather unusual or kind of unconventional conclusion which is all about um yeah, how basically near-term collapse of human society is not only possible but inevitable <laughs> due to yeah. climate change oh light reading yeah it's not bedtime reading so you're feeling a bit fed up from it yeah well, not fed up bit sad well yeah i mean it's really hard when you when you know about what the kind of challenges our planet faces um it's um sometimes quite difficult to um to kind of carry on and do normal day-to-day stuff when you think well it's all we're really really screwed and I, f- I do find it difficult sometimes but then I go through waves um and yeah just reading that paper was quite harrowing um but I do think you know read it because it's not you know and he says in the paper a lot of people had had, had a go at him for kind of put, laying out the facts so barely but actually he was like well who am I to sugarcoat the science this is the science and this is what I believe is going to happen and what all the science is telling us is going to happen so uh, I've got a bit of a confession. Um, I actually uh, bought a printer um, to read this paper. Um, Why? Well, because I just I've just been having to psych myself up for it, and I thought the only way I could read it if is if I had it printed out and I could go and sit in nature and just sort of like digest it in a place that made me feel calm. But yeah, in order to do that, I mean, I did buy a secondhand printer. Well done. Um, but then I discovered that it doesn't do um, double-sided printing. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, s- <laughs> see what you did there. But uh, yeah, I think, do you have to do manual double-sided printing? Well, oh It's 36 God. pages. You oh. don't need to read, you don't need to print off the references, though. So it's only about 24 pages. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I also just wanted, you know, like for me, for my mental health, like less screen time. I spend a lot of time reading these reports and things, and it's just quite hard to digest when you've got a screen attached to you. So I thought, yeah, get out in nature. Do you think that's a good idea? Yeah, I do. I do. And actually, if it's not double sided, you could take notes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. I do recommend reading it. I I do warn you, though, a lot of people have said they've had to go into therapy after reading it. (laughs) There's actually a Vice magazine article all about this paper. So we'll link that in the show notes for you. And we'll also link the article. But I do recommend you read it. It's quite um, enlightening and also a kind of interesting wake up call. So so this sounds a bit like people suffering from eco-anxiety. Is that what you've been experiencing? I think so. Yeah, it's a big um, phenomenon that seems mm. to be sweeping um, society now since we've become more aware of the 
kind of challenges the planet faces and all the science that's come out since we've had the 12 year warning and Greta coming out and saying, you know, I want you to panic. I don't want you to be hopeful. I want you to panic. Uh, countries and councils and businesses declaring climate emergencies which is essentially pulling the alarm bell it's basically saying the fire alarm is on we're going you know we need to make some serious changes mm. and then not seeing that change happening quick enough it does lead to a sense of powerlessness as one individual person about your own impacts and what you can do and it does give this kind of disproportionate sense of um kind of responsibility over the situation yeah i mean i've definitely read um, some uh, articles about it and listen to a really interesting podcast on costing the earth and I definitely identify with it and there's definitely times when I feel really hopeless and um, helpless and feel like what's the point normally it's um, at the end of the summer I don't know whether that's got anything to do with anything <laughs> the back to school feeling that's yeah. ingrained in everyone um, yeah I've also listened to that BBC costing the earth podcast it's very very good we'll link that in the show notes too um, do recommend that as listening for anyone. And then I also read this um, BBC article, um, which was uh, eco-anxiety, how to spot it and what to do about it. Because, um, yeah, once you do some research, there's quite a lot been written on eco-anxiety. Mm. It's be kind of becoming a much more recognised phenomenon. And a lot of therapists and counsellors are saying that more and more people are kind of coming to them to get therapy and counselling because of this exact issue. So I read this article um, which mentioned the paper that I'd read, actually, interestingly. And um, it then also went on to talk about three things that you can do to make an impact or to reduce your eco-anxiety and to reassert control over your feelings. Yeah, I was obviously very interested to read these three things. So give us the tips. Okay, so the three things it says. So firstly, make climate change a factor in the decisions you make around what you eat, how you travel and what you buy. So... That's a good first one. Mm -hmm. So I'm vegetarian, so um, not vegan yet, but definitely cutting down dairy, etc. Oh, I, I, I'm a flexigan. That's how I uh, do it. So I definitely don't eat meat, never have done. And I um, avoid dairy where possible. And But I do eat eggs occasionally. So rather than being a failed vegan, I'm a flexigan. So okay. that, that's good. a tick. Okay, very, yeah. very good. good. Yeah, how we travel. We talked about that in the last episode. Yeah. What you buy. Yeah, we're, we're kind of working on those things. Great. Okay, so number two. Talk about climate change with your friends, family and colleagues. Oh, what are we doing here? <laughs> ah, here we are. Tick, make, big tick. <laughs> making the podcast. We're talking to our friends, family and also you, dear listeners, um, about this. So that's, yeah, we're happy that we're, we're taking action on that. And then finally, demand that politicians and companies make it easier and cheaper to do the right thing for the climate. Ah, we went to that lobbying thing the other day. Yeah, we went to a mass lobby in Westminster. So I've never really engaged much with my MP before. I've never engaged much with the political system. No, I haven't seen any point personally myself. No. I mean, I do vote. I do vote. Yes. And that's I... important. I think everyone should vote. The suffragettes died for it. People in other countries don't get that chance. We all should vote. You're right. Beyond beyond voting, and I vote in every single election and, and referendum. Um, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, apart from that... I haven't engaged, I've never gone to meet my MP, I haven't written a letter. So I thought this is actually a really good thing that I could look at as a way to feel like I'm taking action on more than just a personal level about my consumer habits. So we went to the Time Is Now mass lobby in Westminster a few weeks ago. So let's hear what we had to say on the day. So I've just met up with Livy outside the grass square outside of Parliament. I'm late as usual. 
Livy. <laughs> the whole point, the time is now. You're meant to be on time. Yeah. <laughs> the time is nearly now for me. <laughs> so, yeah, we're here at the Time Is Now uh, mass lobby, which is basically... It's a, a huge event happening today in Westminster, and it's different from uh, previous recent protests like Extinction Rebellion, which was kind of a, um, an uprising by members of the public. This is a specific mass lobby of MPs all at once, so the idea is that people from different constituencies all over the country come together at the same time and ask their MP to come and talk to them about climate change and to make a set of specific demands or asks to those MPs. So the point of this is we wait, uh, we show our support, and at two o'clock, have I got to do something with my phone? Yeah, an alarm or yeah. something? Everyone is setting off their alarm clock at 2 p.m. So we'll have kind of 15,000 people's alarm clocks going off at the same time to indicate that the time for action is now. And then we're going to wait for um, hopefully our MPs to come and meet us and be able to have a chat with them and ask some questions. And um, I've spotted that uh, Ben and Jerry's are here giving out free ice cream. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Let's go and check out whether it's... Oh, yeah. Vegan. vegan. Yes, it's vegan. It's good to see it's the dairy-free brownie. What is it? Brownie. Brownie, and they've got a wooden a wooden little spoon thing, so they're on point. Yeah, they've nailed it. So they said, yeah, the guy who gave it out said that uh, they just... Ben and Jerry's wanted to give it as a gift. Oh. It's very kind of them, isn't it? Well, they're really into their climate uh, action, so this is right up their street. Yeah, and I, and I suppose one of the things, one of the big asks or um, one of the big criticisms of the government is that they've said they will declare a climate emergency and that they want to get to um, net zero carbon by 2050 and everyone else is saying 2050 is too late and it's too slow. So the call to action is to do things sooner. Absolutely. So it'll be really interesting to see what our MPs have to say, even if they come out and meet us. So yeah. let's da, da, see. Da, watch the space. Okay, here we are. We've just finally sat down after an afternoon of busy standing on Lambeth Bridge and lots of wind, very windy, and finally managed to speak to both of our MPs. And we've had quite different experiences, I'd say. I, I, well, our, our MP, I'm from Bristol South, and our MP didn't come until right at the end and said that she had to leave really quickly, so she only had 10 minutes to meet us. And um, the dozen or so of uh, my fellow constituents that met, we didn't have very long with her, so we didn't really get a chance to ask her, but it just seems that she is basically just towing the policy line on, on kind of Labour and not really actually having specific views of her own which I found slightly disappointing. But it makes me realise that there's a lot of need for people in my constituency to step up and keep challenging, keep asking. But also, she specifically asked for ideas. So um, I'll definitely be going back and, and doing some more research and thinking around what I can propose that she does. And also, the people that I just met with, all the constituents, we have shared email addresses, so we're planning to meet her again back in Bristol. What about you, Livy? What was yours like? Well, um, there's about 100 of us who went and met our Labour politician, who's Thangham Debonair. And she had just come out of question time with the Prime Minister, and she posed a question about climate change. She's really prominent in doing things within the party. She said she'd be, she's the whip for the agriculture bill. Her party's doing what she's doing. And she was also asking that we met back in Bristol so she could talk to us more and hear more of our ideas. And she was really explaining about everything that 
that we can do as constituents to have our voices heard. So she said we can email her. It doesn't matter how old we are. You don't have to be over 18. And you can tell her the questions that you would like asked to the Prime Minister because obviously as they're not the leading party there's limitations to what they can do but she will take all of the points on board if Labour came into power what they would do. So uh, I'm not a Labour Party supporter but I was really inspired by the way she presented herself and how she answered the questions and it was also really inspiring because um, a school from Bristol had come on down to come and represent their school and ask some questions and they were from an eco-action group so a big up to Fairfield School. Yeah, so I guess to sum up, I think everyone here today will have had a really different experience depending on whether or not they met with their MP and also how well prepared or how well the MP answered. And it sounds like Bristol West doing really well, but yeah, other areas maybe not so well. So we need to keep on the pressure, we need to keep doing these kinds of things and lobbying our MPs. And, but I think also, whatever I always feel about coming to these uh, protests of any kind, I always think, oh, should I be taking the time out of work or at my weekends to do it? And then whenever I come here, it fills me back up with sort of motivation to keep going. And I think that's, if you're a bit of a sort of lapsed environmentalist or socialist or anything and you're sort of not really sure and you've lost your mojo come to a demonstration because you just get it filled up because you see all these people the kids who've bunked off school the old people the young people who are really passionate and it makes you feel like yeah why aren't i here why aren't you know so i think that's important too so livy what's the favorite sign or placard that you've seen today oh so it was one that says said do i really need to be protesting about this shit <laughs> probably because it's got shit in it <laughs> My favourite one was a young child who had one that said, I've seen smarter cabinets in Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> Classic! <laughs> Which is great, yeah. So, yeah, strong placard game here today. Um, so we'll share some uh, photos on our Instagram. Oh, it's so nice to hear that back. And I'm so glad we went on the day. I felt it did feel really good and really positive. And particularly since then, it's been great because I've connected with those those fellow constituents and we've been emailing each other about meeting up with our MP and actually going with a specific set of asks or ideas for her to take forward. Mm. So it feels really positive. It feels really constructive. And it feels like we really started a conversation, which is going to continue. Oh, well, you've reminded me. I must check in and find out what's happening with contacting our politician and meeting up with her. Yeah, so I think anyone who is interested in taking some action in this way, you don't have to attend the mass lobby. You can just contact your MP. If you go online, you can find out who your MP is. If you go on theyworkforyou.com, you can find out who your MP is and you can contact them and ask them to ask them about specific things regarding climate change and any of these issues. So I do encourage you to do that. So I think I'm feeling like you're a bit more sort of positive as we've kind of listened to all this stuff. Yes. So I think let's keep this uh, positive energy going. I want you to feel better by the end of today. So let's sack off Greenwash Corner for this week. Let's not be negative. Let's not be critical. Let's have Inspiration Corner. How does that sound? Yes, that sounds awesome. And we've got all those lovely people that I interviewed who were there on the march. And let's hear from them and why they were doing it to keep, like, to really, you know, empower our listeners to get involved as well. Yes, let's do it. Inspiration Corner. Hallelujah. 
So I'm just sat with um, three young people who are, I've got some placards saying, I bet dinosaurs thought they had time too. And if climate change can change, I bet, why can't we? And then the final one says, raise your voices, not the sea level. Hello, I'm Sophia Lytowler. I'm 14 years old and we are meant to be in school today, but we're not going because we believe that the government isn't doing enough to change our effects on the world. I'm Georgia Whistle and I'm also 14 years old and we see in our school that a lot of like wasteful things are being used and we want to stop this and we think that if we set a trend more people will follow us and start supporting climate, going against climate change. I'm Eleanor Wall and I'm also 14. I came because I'm always talking about how I support climate change but I've never really fully gone through with things so I think I just came so that I can actually show that I truly do support and it's not just words and I'm taking actions as well. Um, our local MP is Dominic Grab, but unfortunately he didn't come today so I think that kind of I'm coming to show that the government needs to come even if you're busy I think you should make time for it because it's such an important issue right now. So I've just sat down with um, some Christian aid folk and I'm just going to ask a bit about their perspective on being here today. So my name is Callum Humphreys. I'm regional coordinator with Christian aid for Bristol and Somerset. Um, the way we look at climate change quite a lot in our work, which is working on international development with um, poor and marginalised communities around the world, is that it's hitting marginalised and, and poor people first and worst. There really isn't, there is um, no justice in the fact that um, we in the global north and industrialised nations have done the most to cause this, and it is affecting people around the world, as I say, right now. Um, from a Christian perspective, we're called um, to be stewards of God's kingdom, and we're called to try to work to realise um, God's kingdom into its full, full um, potential. And we're really not doing that when we're squandering resources. If we are not taking into account the effect that our actions directly at home every day, the tap that you turn on for a bit too long, the heating that you put on when you might not necessarily need to, um, the effect that these actions are having on our global neighbour. So is your school supporting uh, people taking time off school to protest? Uh, well, we've asked previously in the past and they didn't show much support. They said that it would be inappropriate for us to miss out on our education just to come and um, support this. But we were willing to take the risk and so we emailed saying that we were coming and that we really care about the issue and we're waiting to see how they react to this. My name is Jessica and today I've been working as a steward at the Mass Lobby. I think that it's really important to come and actually talk to your MPs personally because I think that they kind of can't really make excuses and just talk to them personally. You can show how much you care, how important it is to you and then I think they really have to listen. I think that they need to take stronger action. They need to perhaps subsidise products that are more environmentally friendly and put higher taxes on things that are not. I think that there's a lot more that they can do and I think they've started making some promises. It's a good start but I think actually that they could go a lot further and I think that it's what public and what their constituents want and I think you can see that today that there's been a really good turnout and hopefully we'll we'll see some some positive change coming out of this and if not we'll just keep going keep on going anyway.
inspiration. They're inspirational, aren't they, those young people? Oh, it's really good to hear a lot of people out there in the streets taking action and standing up for what they believe in. It does give you give me a lot of hope and I love hearing it. It gives me goosebumps as well. <laughs> So just to recap, here's five top tips to help you cope with your eco-anxiety. Number one, make climate change a factor in the decisions you make around what you eat, how you travel and what you buy. Number two, talk to your friends and family about climate change. You might find they are feeling exactly the same. And of course, we're all in this together. Number three, we've already talked about lobbying today. So definitely do think about sending an email into your MP or also big businesses to see how they can make positive changes for the climate. Number four, get involved with the local environmental group. So everyone knows a lot about Extinction Rebellion at the moment, but other environmental groups are available. Think about Friends of the Earth, Greenpeace, there's 350.org, and there's also lots of grassroots campaigning organisations which might just even be looking at local environmental issues in your area. Where I live, there's one who they look after the park and protecting that. So there might be something which you could actually get involved with that's really about your local environment. Number five, think about going on strike. On the 20th to the 27th of September 2019, there's going to be a global mass strike for the climate. So check it out, it's called the Earth Strike. It's supported by Greta Thunberg and all of the youth climate strikes and also lots of prominent organisations and environmental campaigners. So save the date, 20th to the 27th of September. So finally, we'd love to know how you're coping with your eco-anxiety. We really want to know. So do get in touch, send us a message. You can even leave us a voice message and you can find out how to do this in the show notes underneath this episode. So uh, Jess, are you feeling a bit better now? Yeah, I do feel better. I do feel like taking action and kind of not just sitting around thinking about all the bad things is is definitely the way to go and I definitely will carry on doing that and I do feel that, that a lot of this stuff does make me appreciate all the nice small moments and the happy times with my friends and family and all the good things in life so I think it's not all gloom and doom. Great well next episode we're looking at another tricksy issue we're going to be looking around fashion um, and especially what to do about buying underwear if you take the buy nothing new challenge. Yeah, I'm definitely really looking forward to hearing about this because I am definitely never going to buy secondhand underwear. That's just a step too far, Libby. <laughs> okay, Jess, see you next time. See you next time.